Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. This is a little special episode. With us today is the manager, the head coach, the big kahuna, the big cheese of the Ever Aquasox, Lewis Boyd. How you doing, Lewis? Good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for taking some time off on your day off uh, here with the Seattle Sports Union. Uh, we we want to uh, just go ahead and get this get this interview started so you can get out there and train our guys and uh, get them ready for the next series coming up against those against those uh, those ruffians from up north, right? The uh, the dreaded Vancouver Canadians. Um, but I hear you yourself are one of them. Uh, North Vancouver rights, right? And you used to actually go see them a lot back in the day. I did, yeah. I spent spent a lot of my childhood at Nat Bailey Stadium and uh, a lot of really good memories and an awesome place to, to catch a game. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, now you've thrown that all away, right? You're not. You're no longer one of them. You're now full on, full on uh, Mariners to the core, full on Everett Aquasocks through and through. Of course, um, correct. It was awesome. Last couple of years, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you came in uh, during some rough, rough times, some uh, some rough waters, as one might say in the Mariners lexicon. Um, you came in when you were really, really needed to bring some stability to this organization, and you came in. Yet, led our Aqua Sox to a nineteen nine record over the final thirty eight games. What was it like? Your very first coaching experience. What was it like taking over in the not best, you know, in, the, in a kind of an unpleasant circumstance? I'll just put it that way. I'll leave it at that. You know, it was, it was, it was a really fun challenge. And our field coordinator at the time was Carson Vitale, who's now uh, the field coordinator in the big leagues for the Mariners. And, and he, he really helped me bridge the gap. Uh, he was the uh, interim manager. Uh, before my paperwork got sent through and I was able to to see how he conducted himself and obviously learn from the other managers that I've played for in the past and it was just like I said a really fun challenge working together with the staff that I had that year which were all awesome people and and just try and create a really fun environment where where guys take pride in in preparation and then just go out and compete and have fun once once the game starts so uh I really enjoyed my first year and, and I'm couldn't be happier to have a second year here in Everett. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now you were 25 when you started here. Uh, well, you started in Modesto when you were 24, right? And then you turned 25 and then you, next thing you know, you're a coach. How did this happen? That doesn't normally happen, right? You don't just start coaching in, you know, a major team like this that early. Yeah, it was, it was definitely some, some luck worked out on my end in, in that aspect. I was I was a player coach in Modesto um, at the start of 2019, and just so happened that there was an opening, and and I guess the 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 people who make the important decisions with the Mariners trusted me enough to, to give me the keys to the clubhouse, and and I, I definitely wanted to make sure I, I didn't let them down, and and that I was able to seize the opportunity as well as possible, and. I've had so many, so many amazing people around me that, that has helped um, our team have success. And I just couldn't be more grateful for that. That's awesome. You player coach, you say, does that, is that something you negotiated while you were there or did you just fall into that? It was, it was something that I always, that I put on, on the Mariners radar when, when I got drafted. Um, I didn't personally believe if I was honest with myself that, 
Uh, I had a very high chance of making the the big leagues as a player, but but I understood my love for the game and and my my love for helping others get better. And uh, so I I knew that it was a possible route that that I would take in the future. And I think because of that, um, that thought going in into the into the system uh, on both sides, it it led to a pretty seamless transition. And uh, like I said, I've I've been I've been helped by so many great people. and, and yeah, now we're here. That's fantastic. That's one of the cases of when another door closes, a brand new one opens. You just have to be bold enough to go in that door, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right, great. Um, we were talking about this in the stands the other day. Is there an advantage to being so recently removed as a player? In other words, better way to put that maybe is, um, do you feel like you're, since you're closer in age, closer uh, closer to the game that that helps you in coaching players? Um, or do you think that's kind of a detriment? Uh, I think it's a huge help. And especially when it comes to communication, uh, I feel like our players may have an added sense of comfort, uh, speaking with someone, as you said, closer in age and, and knowing that I've, I've recently been in their shoes at, at this level and, and understand what it takes physically and more important mentally um, to, to get through a 140 game season. And I, I just love being, being able to be in the position to, to help these guys through, through the, the start of their careers and, and hopefully end, seeing up, uh, end up seeing them in the big leagues in the future. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, you were in 2019, you were in short season single A. You're the head coach. First time ever. Two years later, uh, one season of baseball later, you're now coaching at the high A level. Any words from your chums back in Modesto, just having jumped them over as uh, as far as the coaching ladder? <laughs> no, n- nothing crazy like that. I mean, we our managers are, are all fairly young and fairly new in our organization, and and they're they've all done such a phenomenal job. I mean, the the character uh, that that is that is in our organization from, from a staff standpoint is, is top notch. And, and I think a big story is uh, across the board, our, our minor league affiliates records are, are phenomenal and, and we're putting up a ton of runs and, and we're striking out a ton of guys. And uh, I think that just goes to show with, with the, the character of the people that we have within our organization. And I couldn't be more proud to, to be a part of that. It sounds like you're all in this together than it sounds like. And it's not a hundred percent. Awesome. That's very cool. Um, speaking of this high, this jump to high A, this means you're starting to get some players back that you saw a couple of years ago, like Cade Marlowe, George Kirby, Connor Hoover. Did you get any double takes when they came up here and uh, saw you here? No, no, nothing <laughs> like that. I, I think, I think we were all, all happy to see each other. It's, it's nice to add a little bit of comfortability in, in the minor leagues whenever you can because there's so much change in scenery and environment throughout a season and and your career so i think that the the more familiar faces you see um along your your baseball path uh, is is always a blessing great um do you notice a difference in players although you know granted you didn't play a full you didn't coach a full season uh you know, in 2019, but you have been in the minor leagues. Do you notice a different level of excitement from a player who starts at the low single A or short season, I guess they, we call it short season single A versus 
now high? For example, uh, Connor Hoover or Cade Marlowe, when they come up here, do you notice like a difference in that type of person who's just been promoted versus one who uh, is at the lower level? Like, is there more of a uh, professionalism or is there more of a uh, angst or is, I don't know, just, you know, I'm curious. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's, there's definitely an, an initial excitement, but um, the, the guys who, who usually tend to have success, it's, they understand that it, it really doesn't matter what, what level you're playing at. The, the game remains the same. Like, the, you still got to throw strikes over the plate. You still got to hit the ball hard to, to have success. And, and I think the guys that can separate the two um, and, and not let their emotions necessarily dictate their actions uh, are usually the guys that tend to have success. Oh, great, great. Uh, here we are, two years later, August 2019. You had just uh, just joined as a coach. In fact, uh, you just came back from a road trip, I do believe, against those 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 evil fellows from the north. Uh, and who, lo and behold, who do you get to coach? Felix Hernandez, sold out stadium. What was it like managing a future Hall of Famer? Did you teach him how to throw fastball? Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> don't even know if I said more than two words to Felix that day, but it, it was really, really cool for the players having him around. Just being able to watch and prepare and, and get ready for his start, it was, it was a really cool moment. Uh, in 2017, I don't think you were here that long f- as a player, um, but I was just curious if you'd ever seen a- another example of that where, you know, a, a major, major player, major, uh, uh, you know, a famous player, famous fellow like that had played on a minor league team. And I mean, that, that was a thrill for all of us watching. And uh, I just wondered if you had any experience with that before. No, I I don't think I had been a part of it, but I mean, I've had friends that have played with Mike Trout and in the angels organization. It's just, it's, it's always special when, when someone like that is walking through the same clubhouse. Do, do you get a feeling of someone when they're special, you know, at that level uh, as they're coming through the minors uh, or is, is this just too low of a level to, to know? I mean, for example, I think Julio Rodriguez is going to be amazing, um, but I don't know anything. I, I just, you know, I'm just curious if you can see it in someone, you know, like that guy's going to make it. I, I definitely think you can. And, and those are the, it's, it's so hard to, to make the major leagues. I mean, there's been just over 20,000 big league players combined in the history of the game. So that it just goes to show how difficult a task it is to make the big leagues. And, and you, you do have to be special, not, not just in, in your talent, but, but in, in your mental awareness as well. And I think that's where you, it really stands out where you have a guy like Julio, who obviously his physical talent is, is obvious to somebody that has never watched the game of baseball before, but, when you when you listen to him explain what his plan is at the plate and and you see how much pride he takes over his his, his mental game and that that's where where guys separate themselves and we've had multiple guys come through the clubhouse this year and and been promoted that have that same uh, wherewithal as well. Fantastic. All right, a little bit about a little about you, sir. Um, you grew up in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, I don't have a button for booze on this on this machine. Yeah. Of mine. But, uh, but I knew you left for one reason, because you did not want to be in any way related or, you know, uh, uh, drafted by a team that would play in Canada. That's why you went to Arizona, right? Got as far away from there as possible. I, I definitely didn't heard that there was a, a ton of sun in Arizona uh, <laughs> compared to Canada. But, um, no, I, I mean, 
I will have to state that I'm I'm a very very proud Canadian, and I think there's there's no there's no better place to live in in the summers than than in the Northwest. I'm for sure. I'm going to overdub that with the word Everett uh, when yeah when this goes to air. <laughs> <laughs> but you went to but you went to Arizona um and and got a chance to go to the World College World Series. Uh that that was the pipeline doesn't make sense to me is is that do they recruit do they recruit out of Canada a lot? No, no, it was it was kind of a unique scenario. I, I went to junior college at Cochise College which is in as southern Arizona as you can go. Um about 10 minutes away from the Mexican border and had a had a good good couple of years there so i was lucky enough to to transfer to arizona and what a, what an awesome school to go to i mean facilities phenomenal the coaches were phenomenal and obviously the players speak for themselves that there's multiple guys from that 2016 team in in the big leagues right now so uh yeah it was just a really really special year to be a part of fantastic i read your i read your draft profile you were drafted by the mariners and uh, they kept bringing up defense that you're known for your defense and your glove. Is that something that uh, that you try to instill on your on your teams? Uh, you know, here in Everett. Yeah, it's a part of development that that I take um, a lot of pride in and, and put put a lot of effort in because I feel like defense is is not a not always a flashy um, stat or, or a flashy thing seen on a daily basis, but when you have quality defense, your your starters get to pitch for longer. Your your relievers are able to get out of jams because the double play is turned, and it's just it's just a part of the game that I've always loved. Because with baseball, it's such a game of failure, and, and it's so hard to be good as a hitter. That on, on the defensive side, like you 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 can you can strive for perfection. You can strive for that for that thousand fielding percentage, and because of that, I, I just. I was a perfectionist with it, and and I just continue to to love grinding away and, and helping guys get better in the infield. It's kind of something that you can control, right? It's it's correct. If something else isn't working in your life, <laughs> at least you can play defense. <laughs> exactly. Um, you're currently. Uh, I, I don't know if you're aware of this. You're leading. You're actually leading a legendary team this year. The record fifty one twenty six with a plus two hundred and two run differential, and you're seven and a half games up on Everett. Uh, do you ever just sit back and just think like, man, what a job I'm doing here? Or, or is this just a matter of, I gotta, I gotta go down this list of players and work on what, what they need coaching. I mean, come on, you gotta, every once in a while, just sit back and go, yeah, I did a good job. I mean, the the first time I really realized it was when Steve Willis, our, our, uh, our MC at, uh, at the Everett home game, he announced that, that we'd won our 50th game and, I don't, I don't think any other team he said in, in Everett history had, had done that in, in the same amount of games played. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I mean, our, the coaching staff that, that we have here, it's, it's, it's really special. And it's a, a, a couple guys going to their first year of pro ball and, and, and they are just absolutely crushing it. So, I mean, th- those, those are the guys that, that really deserve the credit. Um, well, you have uh, Sean O'Malley, former Mariner, right? Uh, who, who else is? I'm. I apologize. I wish I had these the list in front of me. But uh, uh, did you want to give a shout out to some of the other guys that and gals? Yeah, and gals, right? Yeah. yeah. Sean, Sean O'Malley. He's our hitting coach. He's been phenomenal. Um, guys love him. Jose Umbria. He's he's our he's like my bench coach, my fourth coach. Um, he 
he's like a jack of all trades. He coaches third base for us. He's brings the energy. He's phenomenal. And Sean, Sean McGrath is, is our pitching coach and he's got a wealth of knowledge. He pitched, he, uh, was the pitching coach at Elon when, when George Kirby was there and a ton of other, um, highly drafted players. So the, the knowledge that he brings to, to the field every day is phenomenal. And I've seen, been able to see the improvement of our pitchers throughout the year. It's just, it's a really cool process. And, and that, and then like our video guy, Jake Kirk, he's, he's been lights out providing, um, scouting reports and, and making sure we're, we're dialed in on, on the video side. And, uh, Brennan Michelson, he's our strength conditioning coach, always keeping it light with the guys, pushing the guys hard in the gym, which is great. And our trainer is Eric Quaint and he's, he's got the biggest biceps in the league and, and he's, he's just really, really good at his job. And yeah. I, I, I couldn't couldn't be luckier to have, to have the staff that I have. Fantastic, fantastic. I'm going to finish off, if I may, with a little word association. You know that good old game where I, sure. where I put out something, you just kind of give your a word or a couple words reaction. Um, let's sure. start with, uh, thank you. Yeah, let's start with Julio Rodriguez. Special, special talent, big leaguer. Fantastic. Emerson Hancock. It sounded like these these word word associations are all going to come up with the same answer. <laughs> so, uh, so <laughs> but he's he's great. He what, what a great person he is, um, and super super determined. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, you might be given the same answer for all these, but don't worry. Halfway through, I uh, will change it up. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zach Deloach. Coach Deloach. Just a great, funny guy to be around and, and really found, found a knack for the hit. Excellent. Patrick Frick? Love Pat. Um, good defender. Consistent contact. Quiet guy, but always keeps a smile on his face. Austin Shenton? Guy that I'll really, really miss. Really, really miss. And he's Best hand-eye coordination I've ever seen. He he will be a be a big leaguer one day. Awesome, Levi Strout. Special special talent that goes very under the radar. That will not be under the radar for much longer. Awesome. Uh, how about robot umpires? Indifferent. Indifferent. Okay. <laughs> uh, starting extra innings with a man on second. Hate it. I, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to cheer you for that. Um, Vancouver Canadians. Home, hometown, mm. hometown dreams, but, but love, love to beat them. Yes. Good, 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 good. Uh, a couple more. Freddie Funko. Yeah, that, that was actually our, our Zach Delote, uh statue in right field. We, we thought that kind of looked alike. <laughs> so that, that was a running joke. <laughs> Uh, and then City of Everett. Beautiful water. Reminds me of my hometown. Good answers. Good answers. Uh, last last question, sir, if I may. Uh, Go for it. What's your next steps after 2020? Because you're going to win the championship. You know, you're going to have all these accolades. You're going to have people calling your phones. I'm predicting it now. I'm curious what, you're, what you'd like to do as your next step. Uh, to be completely honest with you, um, I haven't really put much thought into it. Um, ever since I started coaching, 
I never would have envisioned getting the, the managerial opportunity that I did. And I got that by, by not worrying about it in the future. I worried about just trying to work hard and, and do really good at what I'm doing in the moment. Um, and so I'm just going to keep trying to do that and, and see where the chips fall. That sounds awesome. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Lewis Boyd, Coach Lewis Boyd, Manager Lewis Boyd, um, Chief, you know, High Chief Kahuna, every, all the accolades and all the titles are well-deserved for you. And I can't wait to see you win the championship, hoist that trophy. And uh, I want to thank everybody out there for listening here at SeattleSportsUnion.com. Check out all our great articles at SeattleSportsUnion.com as well. Check us out on social media at SeattleSportsU as well on Facebook. We'll see you guys next time.